And I just, I didn't have, there was no fight in me anyway. I was so weak from everything that um, that's not what I was looking for. Uh, I was just. In this episode, we will talk about mercury poisoning, taking 12 vitamins in a day while being pregnant in order to extract the poison from her body. We'll dive right into Nicole Magic's courageous story where she had to go through this process for a year and a half in order to do so and finally get herself back and her independence. Be sure to listen in for all the details. Hello, my wonderful beasties. It's Tina, your host. Welcome to the Courageous Inner Beast, where the place get charged up with courage by calling in your inner beast. Today, we have Nicole Magic. Hi, Nicole. Please introduce yourself. Hi, Tina. And hi, everybody. My name is Nicole Magic, and uh, I help people go from resistance to resilience, basically. And I do that by creating uh, miraculous manifestations of health, wealth, and happiness through diving into your belief system and changing that up so that you can believe in the good things instead of the things that you were taught to believe that are not so good. (laughs) No, that make, thank you for sharing that. I, I believe I believe all of that for sure. <laughs> so moving moving forward with that. So what is your one courageous story? Ah, uh, we we were talking about my bout with mercury poisoning. So let's go into that a little bit, where that has changed my life forever, <clears throat> in so many ways, and it feels like, you know. Everybody that's out there that feels like they're going through this time where it feels like everything is falling apart, everywhere you turn and in every possible way, this story is for you (laughs) because it's going to tell you about my feeling like that. And um, this is going back to around 2008 is when I started unknowingly getting poisoned with mercury. And I was working in chemistry. I was a chemist for over 16 years before leaving chemistry after the mercury poisoning. And really what ended up happening was, you know, all all the ladies out there, especially that, you know, you've got to be strong and you've got to be doing your thing and and you hold really important jobs, not only in your home, but at work as well. That too is what I was going through is I I was a leader of a team in chemistry. I was also the point person, point analyst in chemistry for uh, five countries internationally and um, the campaigns that were going on there. So everything that happened to me, I felt like, oh, it's just stress. And I chalked it up to that. Oh, it's just stress. It'll be fine. (laughs) And it's not fine. It wasn't yeah. fine at all, right? Um, but we tend to do that to ourselves because maybe we just don't know what to do, or maybe it's just we're putting ourselves last because everything else is more important. Mm. And that's really where I was at that point in my life. And everything and everyone took precedence over me until it couldn't any longer. So I ended up getting mercury poisoning slowly over time. And I'll talk how a little long, bit about how long. So you how said, long? Yeah. <clears throat> so you said you were 2008, right? And so you're slowly starting there. So how did, how long did it take until you, like, you really hit your body? And you're like, 
Oh, yeah. So yeah. I moved into a, a particular, a new building and uh, this particular office that was next to um, what I found out later was the old thermometer room. Oh, thermometer? What? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> when you're... When you're in biology and chemistry, that you have a lot of thermometers for various reasons in mm -hmm. the lab or or for whatever, um, mostly a lot of times for st stability studies and things like that. So there used to be a room that had you know a whole bunch of thermometers, and mm -hmm. uh, that was it. Started in two thousand eight, and I unknowingly so it was many years of unknowing about this and when i left there it was 2013 and it got really bad so it kind of peaked at the point of um of if you don't do something about this you're going to die about 2011 so in in 2009 is when i had my daughter so i was actually pregnant during the beginning stages of the mercury poisoning so there, there's that. <laughs> and wait, so wait, so you were in you were in doing chemistry for five years, or at least in that company for five years, from 2008 to 2013. But then their doctor says you should you should have died in 2011. That's all it was. He said. Um, or so in 2000. So I I had started with that company in in uh, 2005, mm -mm. and. Um, I worked in a different building when I got moved into the other building was around 2008, I think. Yeah. And um, 2009, I had my daughter. 2011 was when it started getting bad. So the mercury had to accumulate in my body. I actually have a genetic mutation that does not allow me to process heavy metals. So anything like that, whether it's, you know, lead, aluminum, yeah. Uh, mercury, things like that. I can't, my body just can't expel naturally like other people. And um, it has to be chelated out of my body, which means something has to be ingested to that will grab a hold of it and then carry it off and get rid of it. So I ended up having to go through a lot of chelation therapy when it was discovered. And I had gone through about a year and a half. What is of, chelation therapy? So chelation therapy is a form of um, supplementation that you in, you ingest different things. So you have to you have to take different buffers for you know like liver and kidneys and and mm -hmm. and your gut and and all of that stuff. So you're taking things to protect your body while you're taking things that's going to strip your body of everything good and bad. So um, just kind of for perspective sake, um, everybody you know out there that takes supplements or vitamins, you usually take one or two vitamins in a day. And the vitamins that I was taking, it was two vitamins a day, I think. And um, I think it was two, not one. And mm -hmm. I had to take 12 of those a day just to replace a portion of what was being stripped out of my body. So there was, I had to take something every hour and a half of the entire day. So I even had to wake up at night to take stuff to make sure that my body was um, 
being detoxed from the mercury. And it was very costly on a lot of things like physical, mental, emotional, and financially. My first month of the chelation therapy and everything that I was doing to initiate all of that was, um, it cost me $18,000. $18,000? Month one. Oh <laughs> yes. my goodness. Oh my goodness. And oh I was in, in chelation therapy for about a year and a half. Nicole, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, my brain, my brain. Okay. yeah <laughs> yeah oh, right goodness. oh my goodness i mean just like but then even that like financially you said it took a toll of everything within you financially oh, it's like i mean financially but mentally emotionally just like physically and everything about yeah. you you're like the financial part was the easiest part, right you know yeah so i was like oh okay i have these assets i can liquidate yes so you know here's here's to my life <laughs> that's really what <laughs> What ended up happening is I had to fight for my life in every possible way mm -hmm. and I couldn't give up on myself. And really that's, I, I was in that place of, um, it was the mercury poisoning created a mental illness basically, because yeah. it, it makes you crazy. Like you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're saying. You don't know what you're doing. It gets to that yeah. point where you're just not yourself. And I was not myself and um, I had a lot of relationships that were destroyed during that time. Mm. And um, you really get to know who's supportive in your life and who's not. Yeah. And that that circle of people becomes extremely small if they exist at all. Yeah. So it got to that point where I had myself. Yeah, to take basically, care of Myself. And I had to think about my kids. And I was the yeah. sole provider for my family of six. Even my my husband at the time was disabled. So there was, everything fell on me. Yeah. And that's not really the greatest place to be in when you need to be able to ask people for help. Yeah. And I was also that person. So all of you out there who feel like you need to do everything because you are the person that everyone relies on. It is okay to ask for help. And yeah. it's okay to learn to how to ask for help, especially not waiting for when you absolutely have to have help from other people because I couldn't drive. Yeah. Um, my, my cognitive abilities were very much shot and my reflexes and reaction time were just, it was, it was just not good. If I drove, I probably would have killed myself, my kids or someone else. And, you know, I had to, I had a, a big, huge scare when I went to pull out of, of the road and I could see a car way in the distance and I pulled out and that car almost hit me. Because my ability to process information, there was such a delay in my brain that it it just it just was not good for anyone. And I I had to call my doctor and say, "Hey, um, I don't think I can drive right now." So I, I took responsibility, and I at least had that much um, yeah. sense of myself. And then when when I passed out and I almost 
um, I passed out and my daughter woke me up, basically tapping my cheeks yeah. at the age of two. So this was in 2011. Yeah. And Wait, how is she? Like, I know you're saying in the very beginning that you were pre- you were pregnant with her. Wait, is it so yeah. is this daughter, I'm assuming? Is it yeah. this daughter? Yeah. yeah, like, so how is she, like, was she able to, did she accumulate any of the mercury or it was just like me? She's good. She was able to, you know, um, yeah, I, I had my kids tested and stuff. So n- oh. none of them had mercury poisoning um, because I was trying to figure out where it was coming from um, to see if it was anywhere because we had moved to a new new home and I wanted to make sure it wasn't in the environment at home. So nobody had it at home. Okay. So it indicated more of a work environment thing. And it was two years after I left that I found out that that actually was the old thermometer room and that the person who took over my desk um, almost went blind. So maybe, you know, they had some mercury poisoning themselves through sitting there for several years time. Oh, what did, <laughs> did anything come about with that old thermometer? <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing came about the old thermometer room. Uh, the company actually ended up moving, so nothing was really done about that. What? No. Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> I had asked. I had asked for um, the company to test uh, for mercury, and I was told no by lawyers, and that it was too they're, costly. They're lawyers. Yes. And mm. um, and then I was lumped into a layoff and cut with a project that I didn't even work on. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I you can piece that. together things in your own mind and I won't say them. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm lumping things in. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and because I was uh, the sole provider for my family of six, I also had to sign a waiver saying that I would not sue the company in order to get my severance package. So and I just, I didn't have, there was no fight in me anyway. I was so weak from everything yeah. that um, that's not what I was looking for. Uh, I was just trying to yeah. be healthy and live. Yeah, and trying to like, trying to honestly to survive your like to survive in that moment because yeah, you already so many things were going on for you, and yeah. you're just trying to live, be healthy again. Yeah, and taking that twelve supplements every day. That every was just day. one thing. So I had yeah. a whole like mini suitcase of filled with stuff that I had to take tinctures, powders, supplements pill form capsules all the whole nine yards that I was taking so many things every hour and a half that I had to I had to carry around a schedule because I couldn't remember it all and I had to set timers all over the place because I it was impossible to remember especially when when you're working and you get so absorbed in what you're doing and also have like my memory was shot. My my short term yeah. memory was just like melt oh. melted. <laughs> it, was... it got melted into one, and you're like, I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> so there's yeah. so many. There's so it many. was bad. It was really really bad. It, I when I um 
when I listened to people talk or when somebody said something to me, it sounded like the Peanuts teacher. Wah, 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 wah. That's all I heard was noise. <laughs> and then it took about 20 to 30 seconds before my brain would decipher what they said. And usually by then people were staring at me like and saying, are you going to answer me, Nicole? And I'm sitting there like, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell you just said. That's it. I'm just trying to be able to respond. And then I had to find the words to say an answer because it was so difficult when you go from rapid fire decision making, like in this place of, of, you know, (laughs) this important role and and then you're grasping and reaching at straws just to to find a word to say and uh, so I I tend to say that I know what a stroke victim feels like when you want to say something you know what you want to say but you can't get the words out from your brain to your mouth yeah and it's so hard and especially when you're a person that is maybe even a toxic level of independent, right? At that point in time in my life, it was like toxic independence. And, you know, I can do anything myself. (laughs) Um, It really was a lesson in humbleness, humility, uh, asking, and being in a place where you really can't, you know, I had to admit, I can't do this. Uh, when when the mercury poisoning was seeping in, I went from, you know, getting up super early because I, I, I worked in Cambridge, so I had an, over an hour commute. Yeah. And um, so I used to get up at 3.50 uh, a.m. <laughs> and I was out of the door by 4.30 a.m. So I could be there around um, 5.30, 5.45. Yeah. And during that time it was like i would get up early uh, that was my time it was nice and quiet in the house and i could just do my stuff i used to set everything up in the night and then go and that that time turned into oh i'll just wait a little bit longer in bed for 15 minutes 30 minutes the 30 minutes turned into an hour the hour turned into yeah. you know eventually 3 hours i was in so much pain chronically that um, I had to throw myself out of bed onto the floor so that it would hurt more than the pain it did to just lay there. Did Wait, what do you, oh. <laughs> so I could get up. And oh, because so then you were in bed for three hours or more. You're just like, just Yeah, I'd wake up. Yeah, I'd wake up to get ready. And it was like, I was in so much pain that I would talk myself into just laying there a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And... Mm-hmm. it was the worst thing ever because it hurt to do anything it hurt to lay down if I got up and moved it hurt to do that if I stood still it hurt to do that if I sat down it hurt to do that and it felt like no matter what I did it hurt more than what I was doing before so it was one of those things where okay maybe if I just do nothing it, it'll hurt a little bit less <laughs> and then when when was that like you were like in just like the whole the whole period of when you were when it hit you in 20, 2011 until like how long did it you I guess your recovery I guess 
he was a couple of years. It was a year and a half. Uh, um, so around 2011 is when I was getting a lot of tests done mm -hmm. and everything came back normal. So I would go test after test and I'm not somebody who would go to the doctor for anything unless it was necessary. So, yeah. I mean, my hair had started falling out and I chalked it up to stress. Oh, it's just stress. I've had <laughs> yes, alopecia true. before in the past during a stress stressful time. So it was just, okay, it must be stress again. And then there was these weird weight fluctuations. I'm like, ah, that's just stress because, you know, whatever happens with, with weight usually <laughs> is like a stress-related thing when you have a job like mine and, and have to deal with, you know, tight timelines and and all this stuff and people and eight different departments and your own crew and and all that stuff so then it was okay then I was getting disoriented and that was a little bit more okay well there must be fumes coming in and so I kept calling environmental health and safety saying I don't know if there's some fumes coming in or if there's a leak somewhere in the vent system so I kept calling them and they kept telling me, we can't find anything, Nicole. Well, obviously, mercury vapors, are they're, they're going to go undetectable unless you actually have something that's going to detect mercury-specific yeah. vapors. So I kept just complaining about I was confused, I couldn't focus, and then it got to the point where I was walking into walls. And then that escalated to... Um, when I really was uh, on the doctor's heels was when I was doing a, um, I was giving an update on something that I had to present for data. Yeah. So I was giving somebody in one of the other departments an update as to where I was with it. And I was writing this email and I was looking at this email that I was writing and I'm like, why is this all gibberish? And I looked at my fingers on the keys and all my fingers were on the right keys. And so I sat back and I stared at it for a few minutes and I realized that, oh, I just typed whole sentences backwards. So, uh, you know, you're thinking as like you would speak and I was typing entire sentences backwards. So that's when I was like, there is something drastically wrong with my brain right now. And that was a scary, scary, extremely scary thing. Because when it comes to your brain and you realize that something is not the way that it should be, um, and you don't know what that is, that becomes very scary very fast uh, because the the fear of the unknown sets in especially when there's so much responsibility that's on your shoulders yeah yeah so that's what was happening at that moment and then um fast forward we went through like all kinds of testing for about a year a year to a year and a half and everything kept coming back normal. I I walked around with heart monitors, and I had I had ultrasounds on thyroid and other parts of my body, and I walked around with electrodes coming out of my head for days at a time. I looked like some freak out of you know a Star Trek episode, and. <laughs> It like everything came back saying, oh, everything's normal, Nicole. And when you know that something is not normal, you don't want to hear yeah. everything is normal because it's not.
And then when I passed out and my daughter was, you know, tapping on my cheeks that day, thinking that I was playing with her, I realized, oh my God, I'm going to die. Like that, it sunk in that I am going to die. Yeah. That I was not in a good place. And if I were to die, had I died right then and there, the trauma that my kids would have gone through was just unbearable. So I... I ended up shutting myself into a room saying, okay, I'm just going to have to figure it out intuitively. Um, I had done a lot of intuitive work for other people and I was like, well, doctors can't figure it out. We're going to figure it out and I'm not coming out until I figure it out. And then while I was doing that work, I just, I listed every single one of my symptoms that I could ever remember. And then I scanned my body a bazillion times and I kept hearing mercury. And then when I looked up mercury poisoning and the symptoms of it, all these symptoms individually, mm-hmm. they just seem like other things, stress or, you know, really? hypothyroidism like- or whatever it, it was is. Just- <laughs> yeah. So like, but collectively mm. it was a huge red flag. So I called up my doctor and I said, Hey, I think we need to test me for mercury poisoning. And he laughed at me. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> he I'm laughed at me saying, so you know, nobody, nobody gets mercury poisoning these days. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you know, a simple blood test. Can we just do that? And can you amuse me? And that was it. I had to just say, well, can you amuse me and just order this test? I've had like so much blood taken out already for everything else under the sun. Why not this? And yeah. we did it. And he called me back and said, you need to go see a specialist immediately. Like, this is out of my hands. Uh, I'm already mad. I, mean, I haven't met the doctor, but I'm already mad. I'm just like, oh. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Okay, sir. Okay. Yeah. And then oh, I yeah. went to that. I went to a specialist. And that specialist actually was the one who indicated that I probably have this genetic mutation that I have, which Mm -hmm. is really um, a good find because at the same time, my sister was going through a bunch of health issues. And she, she said that she, um, she discovered that we have this genetic mutation. What is is the genetic mutation you have? It is um, called MTHFR. (laughs) <laughs> it's like... a methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase mutation <laughs> so it means that you can't methylate things um like forms uh like just regular forms of things that you use a metal right? yeah heavy metals but even just regular things that you eat um mm. vitamins and things like that it um i can't methylate it so it just it becomes toxic in my body mm-hmm so you once you realized you had this mutation mutation what did you do after that like once so you got tested the doctor your doc that doctor at the time laughed at you say okay go to specialist and you learn more about yourself through the specialist too what happened after that yeah so that specialist actually had said to me i can't believe that you're sitting here having a conversation with me nicole and at that time, I could barely have a conversation. I was stuttering, talking like that. Yeah. And so I had basically said, you call this a conversation? And he said, well, 
perspective wise, uh, most people with levels as high as you are either vegetables or dead. So we started the chelation therapy immediately. Oh, <laughs> yes. Right. And then, yeah, that's what happened. Was, yeah. And he yeah. started with that and the whole process of it, too. It just, uh, yeah. Yeah. How, so did, how, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, I was asking, like, how are you now? Like, you know, it's been several years now. And then you went through the whole thing with for a year and a half going chelation therapy. Yes. And then we're taking that a hundred like long list of things you have to do we have to, have to schedule it and everything uh-huh. how is it how are you now in this process of from that it was a long process and in that process I really learned how to tap into myself listen to myself it got to the point where I could feel every single thing in my body like doing its work that's what it felt yeah. like Um, so I was very tapped in and really learned how to nourish my body the way that it needed and Mm -hmm. not what everybody else says, because we're all different. And depending on what our genetic makeup is, we might need different things. So I learned how to listen and understand myself to great depths. And in that process, I also regained my my relationship with myself at a very deep level and in that I was able to build new relationships with other people at very deep levels and and understanding without judgment and and all kinds of wonderful things that it's just a different a whole different platform of living yeah and it's amazing the life that we can live when we hone in on who we are and and be able to be humbled and ask for help when we need help and and not feel those fears and and shameful things that we we're programmed so shame and abandonment and guilt all those things went out the window and it's just a different level of living that I hope everybody can get to that place because um the work is work, yeah. but that's also what I help people do is, is get there because the things that you learn about yourself are absolutely amazing and pertain to everything in your life. So I've learned to not really listen to everyone else and listen to what it is that I need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That. Thank you. For, that sounds like a takeaway for me. All right. I was going to ask you the question yeah. one takeaway. I feel like that was like a whole, yes. So just living a, you know, have your own way of living. And it makes sense. Like when your body's told you, I think it's mercury. Like you went to every doctor before. And I was like, and it was like, oh, you're fine. You're fine, Nicole. Like, well, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with you. And then, you know, and then yeah. even being and then you're like, okay, I need to check in with myself and see what's this calling, what is calling, right? And so, no, that, yeah, it's what you're saying. It's like, go within yourself because we know our own answer to yes. what is going on and not to look at everyone else's, like, look internally within yourself. Yes. So, That's the most powerful thing that you can do for you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh. 
Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, honestly, just sharing your story. I was like tearing up a little bit too when I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, just going the whole process. I felt that I was as if I'm with you in that yeah. process of the yeah. pain and just the responsibility to take on top of taking care of yourself, but your whole family as well. Yeah, I thought my life was ruined. I thought it was done. It was over mm -hmm. and like everything was destroyed. And there was just that little glimmer of hope that mm -hmm. I held on to. And it, I was able to turn everything around through that. It definitely did. It definitely did. But thank you. Thank you, Nicole, for sharing your story and being here and joining us today. You're welcome. We thank you for having me, Tina. Of course. And then... You know, I hope, really hope the story can reach out to everyone of how bad, literally how bad mercury poisoning is. It's so bad. And yeah. just coming out of, out of that, it's like, we know the answer, what's going on. Like sometimes just, we don't have to look externally, but once we know what is continuously popping up, I look into that. Yeah. And so, yeah. So true. Yes. <laughs> So everybody out there having a hard time, just hang on just a little longer. You can do it. You can get through it. And it's okay to feel however it is that you're feeling this. Yeah. You're a human. It's okay. Yes. It's definitely okay. <laughs> and ask for help. <laughs> yes, ask <yes>. for help. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank, thank you everyone for listening in and just joining us today. If you enjoy our conversation, please leave a review wherever you're listening. And look out for new episodes every Tuesday on The Courageous Inner Beast. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoy our conversation and would like to know more about Nicole Magic, please look in the show notes for more information and for the links. <laughs>